0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub.
1: All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news with our legal twists and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. And this is our Friday episode, my favorite.
2: Yeah, I think it's what are they follow Fridays on Twitter. So this is a good opportunity if you're listening to this on a Friday morning to, I guess you can't follow us because we don't have a Twitter for the podcast, but what's the closest thing you could subscribe on iTunes. Just follow us around where we go, you know, and that's fine too. Just stalk us. Yeah, I take my gigantic mic with me everywhere I go, just in case I need to record something. So it'll be easy to spot <laughs> me on the streets. And your computer too, of course, yeah. has to be connected to yeah. somewhere. So you're just just follow us around, and you can uh, yeah.
1: listen in to our live recordings. Always ready to record. righty what do we got here? Well, World Cup is well on its way by now, even though we're recording this early. So I hope we're covering the World Cup again, right?
2: Yeah, this is actually very pertinent to right now as we're recording because there's a a match going on where it's raining pretty heavily. So what we're going to talk about today is insurance involved with the World Cup. And one of the things is the weather. If there's any sort of delay, you know, if they're going to play in rain, but if there's lightning, for example, they can't play obviously, but What this gets to is they talk to the main insurance underwriter for the World Cup. And as you can imagine, this is a pretty big deal to be in this position. The World Cup happens once every four years and is, you know, internationally, it's just a massively followed event. So there's obviously a lot of types of things that can go wrong. And there's a lot of insurance that's going to be put in place in order to combat those issues that might arise. I I mentioned weather, but, you know, soccer, the fans can get a little bit rowdy. So there's, you know, destruction concerns as well. But there's lots of other
1: things. Yeah, well, coupled with the fact that it's in Brazil, and I think everyone's been listening about some of the issues surrounding the games there. It's a, you know, it's a developing country. There's a lot of poverty there. And so then you have all these games being built up. I, I remember even when I went there, they were actually moving some of the shanty towns and, like, basically the shanty towns that were next to the main streets they were actually putting in nicer housing there, but then behind, just leaving it just as is. So basically, when you drive through it, it looks better, but it's just almost a facade. So there's that going on. And then, of course, you know some of these stadiums aren't even completely built yet. There's a game tomorrow, which is the England-Italy uh, game, which I'll be watching on. This is this tomorrow, Saturday. That'll be fun. I heard that stadium is not up to standard yet, but hopefully nothing happens.
2: Well, I did see that some of the fields there, <laughs> there was just videos of people using green spray paint to spray paint the field because there was dead in areas, which is <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's like it's the end of the world if it's there's some dead spots. I mean, I guess it looks prettier on TV, yeah. but. That's not as bad as if it's like any kind of structural integrity issues, which that's what I
1: thought they were implying. But I mean, that's fine. I mean, it, it, all they need is a field. They don't need grass necessarily everywhere either. I mean, that it is Brazil.
2: Yeah, and another thing too is, you know, this is one reason why they announced the venues for these huge events so far in advance. So the Olympics, I think, is even farther in advance. But this is, I think, seven years it was named. The insurance underwriters pretty much started from day one, sent a team out and just, yeah, you, know, you have to cover so no. many so many risks. Uh it's just it's just crazy how how involved there are from, you know, a whole 7-year period. I'm sure though it's nice to Well, I guess they have the Olympics coming up too in a couple of years, so it's even yeah, it's In 2 years. It's yeah. going to be pretty pretty chaotic times. It's, hopefully the country's okay after this cuz you hear so many stories of the Olympics and World Cup being in spots and just decimating the land and kind of ruining things. Yeah. Well, back to insurance since we're <laughs> Not here. To, this is not a World
1: Cup podcast, <laughs> nor is it an insurance podcast. But, you know, I think insurance is one of the things that most small businesses underappreciate, and mainly because their level of risk is lower than the World Cup, for example, or bigger businesses. And so it's kind of hard to, you're not going to appreciate it until you go through a loss, right? But, People have to also remember, even in the the FIFA context, is when you have all these vendors contracting with each other, each of these contracts usually has some requirements that that vendor is properly insured. Because even if they make a mistake and they cause a lot of damage, are you going to go after them to get that money when it may be a small vendor or if you're a small business, for example? Some big loss like that can just kill your business. So Making sure that the people that you're contracting with is insured as well as you're insured is just as important.
2: Right. And that's something that sometimes gets overlooked. You know, we, we obviously look through a lot of contracts and sometimes it's in there and sometimes it's not. But it's a simple thing that you can request from the other side because if there is any sort of issue, it is going to make things a lot easier than, than no insurance policy in place. Yeah,
1: No doubt. Let's get to our uh, question of the day. Question of the day. On our Good Friday.
2: Here we are. I own a restaurant. Can I help get to the new minimum wage by giving them a $1 food credit each hour? And this is in Stockton, California. It's it's speaking to the minimum wage that's going to get bumped up here in a couple weeks in California from $8 to $9 an hour.
1: Yeah. You know, this is not as easy as a question as I thought it was. My first instinct was like, why would you do that? Now I'm wondering like, what kind of food they have, and does it depend upon what it is? Because if it's really good food, then it's like, okay, maybe that's okay. Well, the general rule is that for minimum wage laws is that you have to pay in cash or something easily convertible to. But there is this weird exception that you can credit them in order to get to that minimum wage for lodging or food that is actually provided for. But what can't be provided for is well, you can't give them a coupon or a gift certificate for food. That's a little bit different. So in this case, this person is giving them a food credit for each hour. I think there's a better way to handle that. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I don't like the way that they're handling it. And and just to go off what you just said, the employee still has to agree to it. So it still has to be... Uh You know they have to voluntarily accept this, and definitely need to get it in writing. In writing too, so I want to make that little caveat. But in this situation, it just seems like it's so much easier just to pay them the extra one dollar an hour, and then you can build the food credit in that way. You know, if you want to still have it in there, you can still have that. Just pay them the full amount and deal with the food aspect of it later. I think we have to give a disclaimer on this one because this is general advice. This is a very specific question,
1: obviously, and I would work with an attorney to review California law again and also try to tailor your objectives in a way that is a little bit less how do i put it ambiguous as to which way it goes in other words i think your objective is kind of up to interpretation a little bit i think there's a ways to do it in a way that would reach the same objective but have it a little more clear
2: that's a good attorney answer I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you I should know, it's you the should hold out it you should just consult an attorney Yeah, I just don't want to give the questioner a wrong impression. No, it's true. Obviously, It's true.
1: We have that disclaimer every time, but specifically in this case, too.
2: Yeah, hopefully people listen through the entire podcast episode because that's when all the disclaimers that we have come into play. So if they don't listen to (laughs) those, I guess they never hear them. Yeah. Well, they better listen to it because embedded
1: within that disclaimer has little tidbits about other things and little surprises that if you listen carefully...
2: Yeah, it's like the credits of the Iron Man movies. If you, you know, people stick around just to see that because there's always some little sneak peeks into what's in the future. It's usually just Samuel L. Jackson doing something, but (laughs) still still worth waiting around for. That's the same case scenario. We have Samuel L. Jackson usually at the end, but,
1: you know, sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. You'll have to listen to it and see if it goes well this time.
2: We should just insert some Samuel L. Jackson yelling in the middle of our disclaimer this week. (laughs)
1: Uh, we'll have to get the rights to do that, but we'll, we'll try our best. I'm
2: not going to try it and do an impression,
1: but <laughs> I was waiting for that. All right. Well, that's our Friday episode.
2: Thank you for joining us. Keep it sound and keep it smart.
0: This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasir Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound, Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney.